Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, the show where every other week we take a look at another piece of content on that there Disney Plus streaming service. But that's not this show. This is the weekly episode where we're talking about new episodes of Marvel Studios. What if this week we're talking about the episode? What if Thor was an only child? As always, I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tunnel, Griffy D-Pad. With me is the illustrious Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? Far, that is far too much praise, but I will take every iota of it. All right, let's jump right into this because this is um this is gonna be an interesting conversation. What if yes, Thor were an only child? What are your thoughts, Mitch? I had a real fun time with this. I think this episode has made me laugh more than any other episode of What If to this point. I think part of it is the character development we've gotten from Chris Hemsworth as Thor over the films we've had him in as part of the MCU. And he's bringing that level of zaniness, that goofiness, that playfulness that we saw specifically in Thor Ragnarok into this episode and this delivery. And I really love the fact we're focusing on Darcy and Jane, essentially, throughout the entirety of this episode of it's a Jane Foster story, which is great because they did get Natalie Portman back. They got Kat Dennings to do the voice of uh, of um, what's her name that I said 30 seconds ago and Darcy. already forgot. Darcy, it's one of the you. best characters in the MCU. Bar none. I think there was a lot to enjoy here, and I am very excited to see what we get out of the last Two episodes of season one. Yeah, this was, you? this wasn't my favorite episode uh, by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I well, I honestly could say I largely disliked this episode. Okay, but there was some amazing stuff, and it also brought back my favorite hero in the MCU, Captain Marvel. So it gets like massive props for me. Like everything Captain Marvel was in was some of my favorite stuff in this entire series, just because I love that character so much. For me, this it fell apart a little bit with the whole party Thor thing. Like this felt like we were watching an '80s party movie, which has its positives and its negatives. Like this, the the problem in quotes of this episode gets resolved with Jane finding Thor's mom. I mean, if there was ever a time to focus on a parental figure. For a given character, Thor has had the most mommy and daddy issues across the entirety of the MCU, I would argue, except for maybe T'Challa. But even then, that's a question. Or I, I think those would kind of be the, the top two. And there is my Chadwick Boseman plug for the week, because I feel like I've done it every week of this show. You have. But <laughs> I think knowing what Thor goes through with both Odin and Frigga in the core MCU to get more of that relationship here, specifically with his mother is really fun to explore and really interesting to see the change in dynamic between mother and son here versus what we got in the MCU, where she's much more of a, a, a like an over, over, not overbearing, but like a caring figure in the MCU because she's had to really treat her two sons in a, in very, like she's had to raise them two very different ways here. She's only focused on raising Thor and she knows he's a bit of a dick and you know, is doing more to try to, you know, get him in line. And I think we see that sort of character. Like the, the thing I love most about what if is when we see character development in a single episode. And I think we got that here from, from Thor specifically. And it's going to be interesting to see how this 
version of Thor plays into the events of the rest of the season. Yeah, I think like where I think where my negativity on this episode comes down with is with what if as a whole. Cause this this episode feels very is very, very different than every other what episode we've had so far. We're like right. most of what we've gotten is frankly mildly depressing. Um where this one is full comedy. Yeah, this is full on party Thor doing his thing, bringing Surtur to New York, melting off the Statue of Liberty's arm. Just there's so many fun moments here. And I think that little bit of levity was a nice break for me, at least, and reminded me more of what the core MCU has felt like over the last few films with Thor Ragnarok, with Spider-Man, with uh, the Guardians films. It's it was nice to get a break from that, you know, dour, drab um, you know, end of the world scenario that we saw with multiple episodes in the series or the season. But I don't think it's going to stay that happy for long. <laughs> with the ending of this episode, definitely. Yeah. Which reminds me, like, we've kind of, we were already spoiling it, but full spoilers from here on out. Freaking um, Ultra Vision. Yeah, Ultron Vision. So I think we were right what? about saying that it's going to be a two part ending. <laughs> it's a two part ending for sure. I think. Well, I think what we might get is an episode specifically on what if uh, Ultron was successful, and then we're going to get the team up. I could see that. I'd be dope. Or like the team up at the end of that episode, and then the actual story of it. Either way, I'm excited for the for the last couple episodes of this. But bringing it back, Captain yes. Marvel is such a fucking badass. Um, and admittedly, I was kind of concerned in that first episode that cap for uh, captain carter because like in mm -hmm. the promo material and stuff like one of the prominent shots that they showed was the shot of captain marvel um and we had not seen it until this week and i was growing more and more concerned as this of like <laughs> is this shot literally just like this 30 seconds at the end of an episode where is captain marvel this season <laughs> I think we could even see it because we see the, I mean, we're full spoilers at this point. The end of the episode, the Ultron Vision or Ultra Vision or whatever they're going to end up calling them uh, invades this branch of the multiverse. So I think Captain Marvel stays involved in that finale. I think you'll get your wish of more Captain Marvel in uh, in these last two episodes. Oh, definitely. It was one of the things I love watching. That. I love that we finally got this Thor-Captain Marvel fight. Because mm -hmm. like that's just something we were never going to see in the MCU. Like we, they were never going to take the time to have a sparring match between Captain Marvel and Thor. This is also the most comic book fight we've ever had in the MCU. Because the fact that the fighting in the clouds and the flashing between, like I could, I could picture those as panels of a comic, and the comical nature of knocking them into the atmosphere, only to see the name the of the country imposed on the map. Like you don't do that in live action, and it played off so well from a comedic aspect, or like from a comedic point of view in this episode. I, I had such a blast. God, the this more week. we talk about it, the more positive I start to feel on this. I'm sorry, I have that effect on people. <laughs> no, I love that. I love Darcy in this episode too. Um, of she has a crush on Captain Marvel, and it is so apparent. I mean, who wouldn't, honestly? Yeah, fair. <laughs> she just got this presence about her, even with even not having um, Brie Larson back to voice the character. I think the the tone that was set with the character in both her solo film and what we got of her in Endgame, uh, it carries through to this. Like, we haven't seen her character change much in this timeline, which I think is 
appropriate given she was off world for the only change, which is the world being an only child. And I think she did a great job. The, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember the name of the actress specifically, but just portraying this character as this badass, you know, air force pilot turned superhero in space. Some of the, some of the nineties jokes played off really well. I think that the, the writing here was just so fun in terms of the jabs they took at each other, the jabs they took at the core MCU, the jabs that were taken just at the characters in general. It was, it was a ton of fun. I had a, yeah. I had a great time with this. The, um, so the, top, many gun cameos, dude. the top gun, yeah, the top gun is hilarious. Yeah. I think, I'm, I think I'm taking, I think I'm putting my tune here, man. I think I am I've done it. You've, you've done it. Nah, I love this. It. Like that opening shot of like, this is the end of the world. Then Thor speaking. It was so good. I think the only thing I like, the one thing I do want to point out that I really disliked was Jane just immediately getting picked up into this party atmosphere in this, oh, there's so much partying happening. It's going to end the world. Like that just was swooning for Thor. Mm-hmm. Like she does swoon for Thor in like the original Thor movie, but not like this. I mean, at least she didn't marry a duck. True, but it's Howard the Duck, man. Like, I mean, once once you go duck, it's if you're down on your luck, I... never always go duck. Yeah, but once you go duck, there's no going back. I don't. Know. I didn't have a way to finish that line. It's fine. <laughs> I don't think there's uh, any way to finish that line that isn't aggressively vulgar. Yeah, I'm trying to keep this as family friendly as I can, even though I've already dropped swears aplenty here yeah. and on previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Now, I try to think of the other things to talk about. Like, I really did enjoy um, Frigga's voice acting here. Like, that's such a great character, as you mentioned, like with Thor's whole dynamic that I really love seeing in the MCU. I think the interesting thing to me, as far as what if is concerned with that, is her role with Thor. Now that Loki's not involved, because like when Loki's involved, she's always this loving, caring. She is not the discipline. No. Like that is Odin. I mean, Clearly, Odin that's different. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just there was so like this this episode. Like there are a few episodes in the season that really highlight what a what if show could be. Like there's this, there's the zombies episode, uh, where there's these ridiculous crossovers of characters that like, there's no way they'd get all these characters on a screen at one time in live action. You've got multiple scrolls as guardian soldiers, Valkyrie, Yondu, the grand Ma- We didn't even talk about the fact that I got freaking Jeff Goldblum back to be the grandmaster. And he has one of the best lines in the entirety of the MCU right here. And when he drops the phone. Yeah. He's there for dude. like three lines and all of them hit because he's just that good. When he leaves on the scooters at the end. <laughs> that was just... That's right. Oh, my God. Oh, there's so many hilarious things. I also love that Thor's just obsessed with iPads. Yeah. Like, so much knowledge. Oh. Such little device. Yeah. Such little real estate. Uh, I, I love that they got Korg back for as little as they did, but used Korg to write Samuel L. Jackson out of this episode, essentially, by yeeting him across the plot of Plaza in Vegas, like mm-hmm. so good and gives Colby Smulders a great opportunity to shine as acting leader of shield. She was great. Frank Grillo with the undertones of knowing that he's actually a Hydra agent at this point still and him wanting to use the nukes, even though they never get to use the nukes. It's just, there's so much like these little jobs of what the core MCU did. And honestly, 
I love this. Like, this was great. I had a blast. And I really hope that more what if is like this of these crazy crossover scenarios that we wouldn't necessarily get in a core MCU film. Yeah, this one definitely felt the most fan fiction-y, but I think that was to its advantage. This is that thing that they said of, these are the stories that you will never see in the core MCU. There's a reason you'll never see them in the core MCU. It's because they're weird. Well, it's also because Tom Hiddleston isn't like 14 feet tall. Yeah, let's talk about that. Loki in this. Loki actually is happy? He was so much fun. He answers that phone call from James like, oh, you got a friend? And he does all the smoochy faces. It's just like... That that would you would never see that from MCU Loki. There's not a chance in hell. And I love that people were wanting to see a frost giant variant of Loki in Loki, and instead we get it in What If. And I think that's the right avenue to do that because it just would have seemed off to do that in in Loki or in live action. I think it fit really well with the tone and the writing and the scenario presented in this episode of What If. Yeah, I love that first that initial opening or arrival of Loki where it totally looks like they're about to fight. And I totally thought they were going to fight too. Yeah. Like I totally thought it was going to be the like Loki and the frost giants were the party crashers. No, but instead they're just, he's just a brother from another mother. Brothers in every timeline, man. There's in every timeline. Yeah. Most of, I've been really kind of interested about watching the reaction to this episode. Um, on Twitter in particular, because it's so, it's either love it or hate it, man. It is very interesting, but everyone loves Loki. (laughs) I think, I think a lot of that comes from the reaction to last week's episode. And I think if they'd gone the approach of, let's say Star Wars visions or Doug days, uh, both of which you can catch episodes of the core show, uh, very soon, if not right now, um, Releasing it all at once might have actually been to its advantage with the amount of content that Disney is dropping right now, just because it would have like it would have been this bingeable content of, okay, I didn't enjoy that one episode, but immediately I'm on to the next. And you don't feel that sense of like you don't get to like stew on that reaction for a week. You just immediately move on to the next piece of content. I think the best way to watch What If will be to binge it. So if you've been listening along with us this entire time and not and watching it week to week, I am sorry. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like binging would have been the best approach for this kind of content because as soon as one episode ends that isn't so great, you uh, immediately jump into a next one, which may or may not be better. I'm, I feel like I'm having a similar reaction right now watching Star Wars Visions, which uh, we will talk about at a later date. Yeah, I think this kind of an issue that we're having right now with What If is... Yeah, it would be so much easier to binge these. I don't think I would have that issue with this if um, Star Wars Visions didn't just come out. It's like it's just it's all there. Binge it at your own pace. Also, I mean, we don't get we don't get to pace it. We have to record that like ASAP, don't we? Isn't that how content creation works? Or am I crazy? Shh, don't don't remind me. <laughs> I'm already too stressed out. Right now. I know, I know. We'll we'll make it work on our own time. This is a fun thing. This isn't a responsibility <laughs> thing. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it's. I think this this episode's a standout, in the entire entirety of what if for both, for it being so different than the other episodes, and I cannot for the life of me figure out if that is a good or a bad thing. I, I think, think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the end of this season. 
Uh, and that will determine whether this was a good or a bad thing. Because I don't see how, like, we've talked about, you know, the Captain Carter storyline continuing through to season two, the um, Pepper and Shuri take on Wakanda. I don't see how this storyline flushes out into a season two scenario. I would be, I'd love to be wrong because I, like I said, I had a ton of fun with this. I think there's so much like just little things like we talked about as well as you think of things like Thor cleaning up and correcting the leaning tower of Pisa, even though he didn't have to correct the leaning tower of Pisa because it was already leaning yeah. or Stonehenge. Like all of these things are, are so fun, but I don't see this going anywhere other than being our lead into whatever this finale scenario ends up being. Yeah. Looking through all seven of the episodes we have so far, which, Oh my God, there's only been seven episodes. It feels, it like, feels like we've been doing this forever. Longer. Yeah. <laughs> This is really the only one that, like, has an end to me. Well, this and, like, the murder mystery one. Like, looking back, like, Captain Carter kind of has an end, but it's really more of a beginning. Yeah. Um, the T'Challa is Star-Lord. That, that, again, kind of has an end, but only a beginning. Uh, there's the murder mystery. The Doctor Strange one. That one's we over. Know, we know what's coming next with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange will we do. back to protect the multiverse. Zombies did not end. No. And Killmonger did not end. Oh, it did not. I see why they've like they've put this at the end. Like to have this I got a gut feeling that says next week's is gonna be dark as shit. Oh yeah, um, no, I think next week's is everybody loses because Ultron wins, and then the following episode is the saving the multiverse by bringing in Doctor Strange and Thor and Captain Carter and Captain Marvel and Black Widow and all these different heroes. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. I'm excited to see how the internet reacts. Um, but that's, uh, I think, a conversation for another time. Yeah, I think that's definitely our conversation for next week. I'm trying to think of other things to talk about. Obviously, the animation in this one is beautiful. I think I keep complimenting the lighting, and I have to keep complimenting the lighting because it's just so always consistently amazing. I think, again, too, this is another instance of there was very little that was like pre-existing scenarios in the MCU. Everything was fresh, and everything being fresh made the animation feel fresh. It made the environments feel more vivid or more lived in even something like the helicarrier that we have seen we've never seen jane foster and darcy interacting with captain marvel and uh maria hill and crossbones on the helicarrier so it's just everything felt fresh and new and didn't feel like it was being handcuffed to its mcu equivalent which is something that i've been saying this entire season i've appreciated out of any of these episodes i realize now this is also the first time that we've seen hill in charge of um the, sh the helicarrier? Yep. Like, we've, Fury disappearing is, a, is always a thing. It's been a thing since Fury was a character. But, like, Hill is a lot of people, to a lot of people, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, it is not Fury because of how damn often he disappears. But I'm getting mad at comic book plots, so I'm going to stop with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish we could have seen more of that in the MCU, but they, uh, they kind of killed S.H.I.E.L.D. way earlier than I expected them to in the MCU. I really hope they do something where S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is such a interesting plot point within all of this stuff. Like, right, having the Triskelion and stuff. Hear me out. What if the multiverse falling apart thanks to the efforts of Loki and Doctor Strange and Wanda and anyone else that wants to tamper with this um, craziness leads us 
to a universe in which shield was never found out to be a hydra front and samuel l jackson takes this as an opportunity to retire as the character and we get in live action david hasselhoff as nick fury i both love it and hate it right because i really love samuel jackson i do too but at some point like you saw him try to run in Captain Marvel. It did not end well. <laughs> but we know True. we're getting him for Secret Invasion, so I know I'm wrong. But what if? The, the way that things are working right now in like the core MCU is they're kind of setting up S.W.O.R.D. as this new shield. Yeah. Which is funny, just because of comic reasons. Yes, um, and I, I feel like there needs to be some sort of secret agency within the MCU and now there's like three. <laughs> yeah, there's Sword. There's whatever Wong is putting together, which I still believe is going to be Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Sword of Shield. There's, um, there's the Ten Rings now. There's the Ten Rings, yeah. And then there's Wakanda just in general. Yeah. It's just there's so much happening now. I love it. And <sighs> it makes it... It makes it so comic booky in live action. I feel bad for people that aren't up on all of the MCU goodness. And it keeps like it's a barrier to entry of not having all this background. But at the same time, for geeks like us who've like lived and breathed comics or Marvel or superheroes our entire lives, it's such a payoff, dude. Like, I'm sorry, but like this has been the most fantastic 10, 15 years of content for me for my eyeballs that i've had my entire life yeah i think one of the interesting things about the mcu and something that's been talked about a lot for the last 20 years or so like when when did captain where did when diamond come out 2009 nine okay so the last we'll say decade um is at what point okay so yeah the last decade uh or so of like, what is going to happen when the MCU becomes too much like the comic books? And by that, what I mean is, what's going to happen when there is that barrier to entry? When you have to watch these so many movies that you understand that. And what if is kind of our first time seeing that? And I think that's really, really interesting to me, both as just a fan of MCU, but also just a fan of watching pop culture grow and what it turns into, yada, 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 yada. Like, what if is made for the hardcore Marvel fans? And I think we're really seeing that, especially in this episode. Yeah, I think that if it will build eventually to things like, I don't know, um, maybe the Marvel zombie thing crosses over into the core MCU and it destroys the entire universe. They have to start fresh. Or Reed Richards does something that breaks the entire universe and it brings all of this together. And there's just one new universe and everything is fresh. Everything's new. Somehow they create the ultimate universe out of the MCU of just, Oh, we destroyed this one. Let's just start up something new. I think that's going to be something they're going to have to reasonably look into in the next 10 years, I would say, because I know the way that they're setting things up now, they're casting actors to have them in these roles as long as they can with, looking at Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, but eventually they're going to want to use Iron Man again. They're going to want to use Captain America. And I know we're getting Sam Wilson as Captain America, which I think is fantastic, but they're going to want to use Steve Rogers again. They're going to want to use Tony Stark. 
So eventually they're going to reboot those characters. And by rebooting the characters, they're probably going to have to reboot the whole goddamn MCU, which I am, uh, you know what? I'm not opposed to it. I think it could be something where they could do fresh things with those stories, maybe actually make Tony Stark an alcoholic this time and deal with those issues. But yeah, at the same, I, I, it's going to happen one way or another. They're going to have to ultimate this universe at some point or just yeet it and start fresh. Yeah, I can't wait to see when they eventually do. I. Th- what's really interesting to me is the future of the MCU when it comes to animation, like we're saying, of, you know, we have these characters and th- people age. <laughs> like, I, like, I hate to say it, but yeah, people get old. Animation is going to eventually become the only way you'll, you'll get to see some of these characters. I can't wait to see what the future of animation is within Marvel. And I know that I keep saying this week after week, but we just got the announcement for a Hitmonkey show. I mean, we didn't get an announcement. We got a trailer and a release date. Hitmonkey, Mitch. Hitmonkey. Which, as far as I know, is a Hulu show in the U.S., correct? Yes. Which would make it an, a Disney Plus show in other territories via the Star Banner. <laughs> yeah, I'm we... just saying... That star banner, man. It really gives us a lot of leeway. Yes, it does. But like Hitmonkey, of all the characters in the freaking Marvel Universe, Hitmonkey. Like the animation is opening it up. So like we were already getting weird stuff with the Guardians in, in humans. Um, we got Eternals. Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. But Hitmonkey is another level of weird. Yeah. So what else could we see from the from the animation? Not even animation. We know we're getting a live-action Moon Knight. We're getting an MCU version of Blade. We're going to get some weird stuff, and I cannot wait to react to all of that here with you, with our listeners, and with anyone else who wants to tune in to this weirdness we do each and every two weeks or one week, depending on the type of content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we wrap up, because we are getting near the end of the show, I want to pitch one animated idea for you, Mitch. Do, do you know the character of the Sentry? I do. So the Sentry in the comic books, for y'all that don't know, is this character who thinks he's, like, he, like, lost his memory and thinks that the Sentry's a comic book character. Give us an animated Sentry show. Let that exist in the MCU so that we eventually have the Sentry. That would be so, so cool to me. That would be interesting. It would really come down to who they cast, though, and I feel like that character in live action, they'd have to cast the right actor. And you have to do that right from the get-go. So unless it's an actor who has decent voice acting experience, I don't know if I'd want to see that. What I would like to see, though, is an MCU Deadpool animated series. We all love Ryan Reynolds. He can't do this forever. And when he can't do it anymore, that's when I want to see that crossover into animation and just do the weirdest shit. Just the weirdest shit. Yeah, I could totally see that. I also would love to see stuff like Gwenpool make it in or have weird stuff like that. But we, we that's that's further in, in the future, and we could talk about theories all the live long day. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Mitch, where can, people, where can people find you and find us? You can catch up with me at MitchGeorge.com. I'm on all the socials at Mr. Mitch George. That's M-R, Mitch George. Catch up with Griffin at Griffy D-Pad. That's G-R-I-F-F-I. I D P A D. Ding ding ding! You nailed it. 
Hell yeah. And you can catch the show anywhere you can find us at D plus us. And uh, until next time, have yourself a marvelous day. But you end the show the way you land it because you've done it the same way for every episode. So go. I know. I kind of like marvelous. No, do it. Just do it. All right. We'll see you all next week. Have a magical day. There it is.